millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back to Rule the Roof podcast. Um, I'd apologise for the absence over the past few weeks, but I don't have to do that because, you know, it's my podcast. You're not my boss, are you? None of you are. You, you get this for free, right, you pigs. So when I chuck you the swill, you can gloop it up. You know what I mean? Look at it all round your mouths, all desperate. You're disgusting. Have a look in the mirror. Have a look. Fucking animals. Anyway, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, we've got... Back by popular demand, um, Ricky from the Fighting Cock Podcast. Chuck, you, you're your own man. I don't have to call you Ricky from the Fighting Cock Podcast, do no, I? No, no, you don't. You uh, don't. Ricky. Yeah, now, I am my own man. I'm my own, my own entity, but um, yeah. Y- yeah, call me whatever, mate. Whatever. Just don't mind. Just happy to be here. I'm I'm happy to have you here, mate. It's 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 always a, it's a good one. Yeah, for for a peek behind the curtain for any of the listeners, I've probably been speaking to Ricky on various like versions of the internet since i was about what 14 15 years old yeah. oh, we've been chatting since what probably about 99 2000 how how long ago that long about that long probably yeah yeah i'd say yeah yeah about that long message boards and all the weirdness of the internet pre-social media but here we are mate two grown men still talking on the internet i know i was saying to my missus earlier i said oh, i'm gonna be doing a pod with jack um and i said like i i said to her i like genuinely i like we speak most days don't we on whatsapp it's fuck, it's, it's, it's usually exchanging crass videos isn't it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah yeah it is that it's that and just or, or like you've had an absolute fucking uh godzilla of a of a turnout and you've just sent me a photo <laughs> I, I always like the ones when I say like when I have like a bit of a ropey tweet or something like that and you know if it's like I don't like Christian Eriksen or something like that I like those ones when you'll just drop the link to my tweet in there with a few <laughs> eyeball emojis do you know what I mean like I see what you're up to uh, yeah I do like those though. It's, 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 all, it's all fun we'll grow up one day won't we mate never Maybe. never it's, it's a trap, as the cards and all that say, isn't it? Don't, <laughs> don't grow up, it's a trap. I don't know what the, really what the trap is, do you? Is it, no. It's shite, isn't it? Right, well, Tottenham beat Aston Villa 4-0. It's a, it's, a, it's a fantastic run of form at the moment that we're in. Obscene, you could say. But you must be loving it, mate. Well, I mean, what, what did you think about the game like, overall? Are you buzzing? Overall, like, uh, first half, honestly. Um, so, well, you know, um, I will just mention... That for the game, I was on a, a bit of an away day 
with the fighting cock lads so we had rented a cottage and um so on the saturday we we watched obviously evan united then during the day we had uh the sky sports on of the arsenal brighton game did uh did did my invite get lost in the post to that one mate is that is yeah it, yeah. it did oh, yeah 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 right. I, I sent it to your old address oh did that, you yeah 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 yeah. Uh, what are you like i know i'm terrible i'm terrible for that <laughs> always got everybody's old addresses <laughs> known for that um but uh we uh yeah so so the brighton arsenal game was on and then obviously arsenal scored then there was the four to five minutes of var and then it got ruled out and then brighton got another and they won so we were very buoyed by that and then it came to our game and obviously um when there's like nine massive spurs fans in the same room jumping around and we'd been drinking all day and stuff like it, it was a raucous uh, an amazing atmosphere to be in for that first half fucking hell i like i thought i was gonna have a panic attack I, my heart my heart just can't take it knowing that um there was the result that just happened with the arsenal brighton game and knowing that if we get the result at villa and villa, you know villa, villa's a, a difficult place to go um and we all know how you know how Tottenham can be and after that first half performance it, it was it was amazing that we got that goal after three or four minutes um and I think that that hugely helped us but that that first half we got battered it was horrible and, wasn't it and like Lloris pulled off some great saves they missed some guilt-edged chances and there was a hell that, of a that, that Danny Ings miss, wasn't it? That Danny Ings miss was criminal, like yeah, it horrific. Because he loves a goal against us as well, and I was expect. Because I think that was his first game back for probably ten years or something like that. Because he's been injured. I think it was his first game back. I can't recall seeing <laughs> him back. <laughs> and he, I was just like, of course he's going to pop up with one today. Like little scouse local hero loves a goal against. Big bad Tottenham, do you know what I mean? But yeah, yeah, I, I was that was joyous seeing him miss Wally that well up that one across, uh, well, wide basically. I was couldn't find my words there. Um, they were fucking dirty bastards that first half though, Villa. Oh, mate, it was unbelievable. Like, like you know, there's the old kind of uh saying of Tottenham, you know, the soft underbelly of Tottenham. And if you know, if you get it up them, then if you put it up them, then they'll they'll kind of uh, recoil and go into themselves and stuff. And um, it felt very much it was it was to kind of uh, press really hard the pitch, really aggressively, win the ball back, um, and then go out on them. And also the aggression in their their pressing and their tackles. And I just felt like. I felt the ref got it really, really wrong, and I felt that. I mean, there, there was a. I think it was um, who was it? Was it Hoybier that got the yellow card? And like when you watch the replay of it, it's like a bit like just rested an arm on a shoulder or something like that. And the the Villa tackles that he'd let go previous to that was fucking assault on some of them. And and then we get the card for it. So I I think the ref got a lot of the uh, decisions wrong personally. Um, I don't know the Premier League is a very kind of uh, physical league, but I just felt it was, I don't know, like 
I think it just felt a bit too much, really. And uh, and I think Gerard had probably told them to go out there and be like play with that aggression, play with that um, pressing high up the pitch, and really kind of uh, ruffle their feathers. And the old Tottenham would just fucking buckle under the pressure, as we we've seen many times. But we rode that storm. Lloris pulled off a couple of saves, which gave us the confidence, and we had a couple of block shots, a couple of good tackles, and they fluffed their lines as well. And, and we got that early goal, which gave us that kind of confidence again, as to say, you know, if we do go one nil down, uh, if, if they do get a goal back, then, you know, at least at least it comes to a draw kind of thing. Uh, and we're, st- we're still in this. It's not, not as hard. But um, we found it really hard to beat their press. And yeah. e- even like when, when our defence had the ball and they were trying to move it forward into midfield. They were just getting swarmed. And even Kane, someone like Kane, when he was receiving the ball, he was, you know, straight passes and stuff like that. So we found it really, really hard to to kind of get ourselves out of our half and get ourselves going. Um, So that first half was, it was fucking rank, to be honest. The second half, I, you know, obviously... We'll talk about that later, but judging from that first half, with the with the amount of with the kind of uh, they they couldn't they couldn't up uphold that momentum for for ninety minutes and keeping that pressure on and to press us that high and to be that aggressive and uh, you know winning the second balls it it, it never lasts uh, like for teams like. Uh, like Klopp's teams that they they can keep it up and and old Poch teams as well. Um, we could do that too, but I don't think Villa renowned for that. So well, they're not. But so I I, I knew they would fade. But uh, our second half was devastating. Really, it was obscene, wasn't it? I, I wanted to sort of go back to what we were, you were saying there before we do go on to the second half about Hugo Lloris because now I mean I've been as guilty as. Probably not as anybody. I've I've always been a bit of a, an advocate of Lloris, but I've certainly had moments. I'd say in the past couple of years where I've started to feel a bit like he he maybe needs to be shipped off now. I'm not quite sure he's he's kind of as sharp as he as he as he once was. Um, and it's it's funnily enough that uh, he had that you know he suffered that horrific injury at Brighton where you know remember when his arm almost bent back on itself and it did no it did bang yeah. bend back on itself and, oh, it was vile Sorry. wasn't it <laughs> and I, oh god and I I, I I can remember thinking at that point like really like firmly like he's done that's that's it you know he's 30 I think he was probably 33 maybe at that point he's not been great anyway um He's had a fantastic career. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, in those in that sort of window, he'd start. It looked like he was in decline, basically. Yeah. Um, but to me, he's come back from that injury, and I I honestly think he's been the best he's ever been. I think these past couple of years, he's been nothing short of obscene. I think he's been. I mean, a, a lot of people kind of, and I'm I'm not taking anything away from them. And I don't want to sound too proper football man, but a lot of people will like really rave about Edison and Allison because you know they're these modern dynamic goalkeepers that can, you know, use the ball at their feet and stuff. We saw that <laughs> with Edison this weekend um, in the in the Liverpool game. Uh, it was you know 
managed to obviously sort out his own fuck up but just how cool and calm he was in that position don't know still. mate didn't watch it not Tottenham yeah. don't give a fuck <laughs> it's one of the best title races in years but anyway <laughs> it's um I, I don't know do you I just I'm I still see people though say that Lloris is you know every, every time we let somebody oh Lloris oh he's that's his fault for that oh we got to I mean he, do you think he gets the respect he deserves? Good, not even not even just from Tottenham fans, from the wider footballing community. Because to me, he is still he's, he's got to be one of the best goalkeepers in the world, surely. Yeah, I think so. And when it's always like when there is a calamitous kind of Larice, um, uh, where, where where he's had. Where, Somewhat, something that he should have saved, or it's kind of like he, a decision he he made during the game. I'll get a, I'll get a message from a couple of gooners. Oh no, I see Larice has let you down again. Like you need to take, get him out of the team. He's always doing that and stuff like that. And at the time, you're like you're you're annoyed that that's happened. But like how how often does it really happen? I mean, yeah, goalkeepers do make errors and and. Because they're goalkeepers, you, you know that they've got nowhere to hide really. No, um, and, and there's no one else that's really gonna kind of uh, cover for them. Like a, you could do if a defender or midfielder, and or if you're an attacker and you you, you miss a guilty chance, you've always got another one. But it's not as kind of uh, imperative as like as as the goalkeeper. But um, there are times where I have been like, oh fucking hell, man! There's there's been quite a few hiccups with 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 Lloris and his kicking as well where he, where the ball would get back to him and we're, we're playing it trying to play it out from the back and then he would just stick it into the, into the fucking crowd and I'm like fuck sake man but I think over the past few years I think he's just getting better really I think he, he did have a real a real sticky patch and there will be a time where he will make that fuck up because he's he's human, but I think um, I, I still think he is one of the best goalkeepers in the world, and I would still like to keep him keep him around as long as possible. And it, the, he's a, he's a great pro, like footy professional as well, and you've heard like he's he's great in the dressing room, he's great off the pitch as well, um, and I think he he made a comment as well that. Like, I think it's like he's going to be around to help pick the next heir to his throne kind of thing um, and to help them uh, acclimatise to Tottenham and and what it takes to be a goalkeeper and stuff like that. I think he's been hugely important and I, I feel a bit sad for him really that he hasn't won anything with Tottenham. Um Fuck, he hasn't, has he? I don't <laughs> think so. It's no. insane. We don't want to don't want to do the old uh, Audi Cup dirty, but you know, like he's no, um, yeah, I don't think he has won anything. I can't remember. I can't picture in my head of him being the captain and lifting a trophy for us. No, I can't. I can't How long has he been here? The ten years yet? Uh, it must be in and around there. And I remember when. Um, when we were trying to sign him and him being a high profile goalkeeper uh, and like playing for France and France were really great at the time. And I was like, there's no way we're going to get a goalkeeper yeah. of that caliber. There is no fucking way. And we signed him and I was like, my God, I, like, I just couldn't believe it. I, 
it was a mad one, wasn't it? It was one of these, like, probably not on that same level, but you know how you've seen with, like, players like Haaland now, these kind of exciting young players in Europe. Hugo Lloris was like the goalkeeping equivalent of that. Yeah, t- oh, totally. You know, and it was like, where's he going then? Is it Barca, Real Madrid? Is it United? Oh, hang on, he's coming to Tottenham. Like, and <laughs> I still don't really even get it because it's not like Modric, there was a bit of talk around Modric, but he was still kind of, you know, he's this lad in kind of like, you know, the sort of the, the other leagues in, in Europe kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. He's a bit of a gamble and we sort of, there was a lot of promise, but he was a bit of a, in a way, dare I say, a bit of a like football manager player. He was a sort of, he was a it's bit of a wild league. card. But Hugo Lloris was like, a solid going to be world class, if not already world class player. And yeah, it was. It was 2012. He's he's made 329 appearances for Tottenham. That's mad. 329, and we still haven't given the pass. We've taken his best years. We've taken his best years, and we haven't given him a cup. Like that, yeah, that it's it's one of those things. Like uh, you know, um, with that, uh, I, I don't you know, I don't want to go talking about the uh, Poch's Tottenham but it was the lads of Toby Vertonghen Larice, and how well we played and it was sad that we didn't get a trophy for that for that team as a collective it, it really was and for and for the manager but you- um Larice is still there he's still there and I just think you know if he hangs around for a couple of seasons more and he's still and he's and he's still number one we could get him that trophy that I think he, he more than deserves. I mean, the thing is, he's 35 now, right? But we're already seeing, like, I, I read an interesting article uh, this week. Um, a mate of mine, actually, a chap called Ben Welch. Have a, have a look. He's, I'll put a link out or something. I won't put a link out, but have a look for it. He was just basically, basically talking about the, the, the longevity of players is, is, is ever-growing, Right, and we kind of we have this reference point in our head because what we knew growing up is player gets to thirty two, thirty three. That's pretty much the end of his career. But really, there's more and more sort of data to suggest that players are still playing well up until kind of thirty six now. Um, so you know he's a goalkeeper as well. He's thirty five. It's, it's nothing to say that you couldn't have a couple more years of him being top draw. You know, for Tottenham, and then. No. Give then hopefully I mean I know we've been linked to is it like a Derby County it was called Sam Johnston or something I can't remember but some Rum. is it some young keeper and whatever yeah. great you know I, I saw some nerds talking about it on Twitter saying he fits a similar profile and all that sort of thing so whatever that means I mean until a player's actually there in the shirt in goal for you you could you know you can only you can only you, you can only you can only tell so much from data all right poindexters um <laughs> <laughs> but long live Hugo Lloris um it's going to be a hell of a job to to replace him because he kept us in that game um Villa I I you know I, I do sort of want to hammer that point home I think I think they were disgraceful in a lot of their actions. Yeah, the, I know the ref should have kept it under control, but I think there's, you know, I do understand it because I, I think I've, I probably have shades of proper football man about me myself, and I, I do understand kind of when people are saying like, you know, players just maybe just need to sort of. No, I don't even agree with that. Players need to stop moaning about. It. I mean, the game is different because I I thought Stephen Gerrard's comments the other day were really were actually really quite sinister. I sort of I had this um did, I don't know if you saw it because Saka was saying that he basically got 
he got kicked the shit out of when they played Villa and that he needs protecting. And Gerard sort of came out afterwards saying like, you know, oh, he just basically needs to man up a bit. I can barely walk now, thanks to my career. And you just, that's part and parcel of the game. And like my sort of my knee jerk, and I guess this is where my proper football manism comes in. My knee jerk is like, yeah, he should just get on with it. But then when you actually stop and think about it, just for a second, you know, you are like, well, hang on, like, let's have it right. Like, you know, he's he's literally in the same breath saying he's talking about the the immense physical toil that his career has had upon his body and the effect it's had on like his his life now, and he's just saying someone else should just struggle. Surely you'd want somebody else to not go through that um you could yeah prob- it's, that, it's yeah, a bit weird isn't it it is and what's to say like oh yeah uh, i've I, I can barely walk it's like like a rite of passage of being a footballer and stuff like well you know what well you can change that do you know what i mean like and like if you can barely walk now why would you want a you know a, a young a, a, another young man uh to, to go through what you've gone through and I get it. Yeah, football is a, a contact sport and it's a physical game and um, there are going to be challenges that I, I'm still a bit, you know, like when slide tackles and you haven't got control and one foot's on the ground and is that a yellow and oh, both feet were off the ground but was he in control? Did he get a nick on the ball where he took the player on the ball? There's loads of things oh, around M- that. Mings is one on Kulusevski. I was wincing. Do you know what I mean? I was like, oh, please, no. You know. Well, the, I mean, the one on Doherty as well from Matt, well, yeah, it's grim. Matty Cash. And Doherty's out for the rest of the season now, which is fucking awful. And like that, that was allowed to go on. I don't even think he got a card for that, did he? No, he didn't. No, that and that, that sort of set the tone, didn't it? Really. So like, the, the, he's been fouled so much, uh, so well, so badly that he's he's had to go off, and he's now going to miss the rest of the season and probably the, the summer as well. And now he's got to go through rehabilitation and stuff. That fucking that that was a yellow card all day long, and at that time I was like, I can't believe the ref let that go, and. There was other t- there were other challenges as well, and I and I get the kind of like, oh you know, football isn't football anymore. You can't make a challenge and stuff. Yeah, I, there is there is a certain amount of um, aggression and stuff, but you know where the line is. People know where the line is. You can't just keep you can't just boot people, and um, and just expect to get no kind of um, like a, a card for it or anything like that. And I get that it was a frantic start to the game and stuff, but the ref, I, I just felt that he lost control early doors. And when you set like a precedent for, oh, that geezer got that, got a fucking crunch and tackling, that means I can do it. And then you just build on from there, really. And then in the end, the ref kind of shit himself almost and was like, shit, oh my God, I'm losing losing control. I'm going to I'm gonna have to dish out a yellow card to someone to bring it back down. And he gave it to Hoybier for that, ridiculous arm and shoulder challenge fucking ridiculous uh it's obscene it's obscene um he's a just a little shout out to to matt doherty as well because i oh, you got a feel for the lad he's been in <laughs> if you heard the stuff that conte said about him earlier on in the week in in the way that he has fought for his place like to come back into the reckoning for tottenham and really the effect he's he's had on the team um has been unbelievable and I don't know I, I feel very bad for the lad that he's 
He's got an injury, a pretty significant injury by the sounds of things, ligament damage. Um, yeah. At this kind of, not only this stage in the season, but at this stage in his career, because it sort of feels a bit, you know, it feels to me like what we had there was a, a really good sort of squad player and somebody that maybe wasn't as important to replace this summer, but now you're kind of like, we'll probably just buy another like really good wing back, full back. And yeah. That will sort of be maybe the end of his. I mean, who knows? He's fought his way back once already, but it's just, it's it's not it's not good for the lads. It's it's poor momentum, and it's not good for the team. I'm I'm not, you know, I'm not I'm not overly comfortable with Emerson Royale, but I don't want to dig the lad out because we spent half a season digging out Matt Doherty, and look what you know, look what happened there. Um, one player I definitely do not want to dig out um, is because you know what, mate, I am. Eating, you know, humble pie. Big, big fucking ladlefuls of the shit. Um, Dejan Kulisevsky is... I mean, you know, my my sort of... I, I will say I was definitely in that club. I saw him in his first couple of cameos. I was... When we signed him in the first place, I was weary. I was like, so we flopped in the transfer market and Paratishi's just gone back to Juve and gotten a couple of their kind of bench warmers. Great, nice one. Didn't really know much about him. I knew he he was a promising young player a couple of years ago, but whatever, you know, it doesn't really mean much. Like if they can't realise that promise, um, sign him. Add a couple of those couple of cameos, and I don't think he was especially bad. I just sort of I looked at him, and it, one of the things I sort of thought when I saw his like YouTube highlights is that he looked a bit gangly. He did he like physically didn't look like a footballer, you know, like a high level footballer. And I kind of worried about how he'd adapt to the Premier League and that sort of stuff. But my word, have I been incorrect? Because, mate, I mean, I, I like there's that there's that part to sort of where you want to self-censor. You don't want to get too excited. But honestly speaking, like when you when you find joy in life, just embrace it. And to me, this this lad, he is I honestly believe already one of the best players in the Premier League. I think he is absolutely obscene. What a gem we have. Like, and I'm for the first time in I I reckon probably since like fucking I don't know. For for a long time, for a long time am I like instantly excited about a new signing we've made, just how good he is and just what we might be able to achieve. Like the way he's clicked with Son and Kane for a start. Um because he's like he's he's almost bringing out the best in the pair of them as well since he's come. Uh, yeah, as as well as that, um, his uh, link up play on the right hand side with Doherty as yeah. well. Uh, it's been it's it's one of those things that helps helps the, the kind of like if you've got uh, Doherty and Royale who are both in and out of form, not really kind of understanding what the coach wants and stuff like that, and then. Ahead of them, you've got Mora, and no disrespect to Mora at, at all, but it just wasn't what uh, what probably Conte wanted, and 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 they technically all of them um, of how they were passing to each other, creating space, create, uh, and passing in triangles, moving the ball forward. It just wasn't wasn't kind of playing to their strengths, but with uh, Kulisevsky. It just seems that he's he's kind of um, he's just not Mora. Do you know what I mean? Um, 
he's very comfortable with the ball. He rarely loses it. He's always looking to attack. Um, he's very calm. He's he's uh, kind of like he doesn't like uh, bounce around like trying to go through players. And he uses the the players that he's got around him. It's, it's not like he he tries to do it all on his own like like more more uh, does. And when he first when he did first sign, and I think he had that twenty minute cameo, and lot, uh, there was quite a few people up in arms. You know, I I wasn't. Um, I will admit that I, I wasn't one of them. Um, you know, you've just come to the Premier League from from Syria, very different, and you expect players to kind of hit the ground running after about six months, really, and to, to acclimatise and stuff. So I wasn't too too much on his back. Um, I'd heard good things about him, but um, it wasn't, you know, like you're just saying, it was very much the YouTube highlights reel that, that I'd seen of the guy um, and, and and a few decent write-ups and one like young player of the year in Serie A a couple of seasons back and stuff like that so I, I was hopeful and it was a it was a position that we wanted to have competition with Mora but the guy has just gone from strength to strength really and it was one of the things that there was there was a couple of things so apparently Conte, when he was at Inter, wanted him and he'd been tracking him for, for a while, which is always good if, if you, you know, the manager that you've got understands truly what his attributes and characteristics are and that he will fit in the team. Um, and he's so we've gone out and, and got exactly what he wanted. But then there was um, a thing that he said that he, he loves to suffer. He wants to suffer. And like suffering for the team and it's double training sessions. Bit, bit S and M that, isn't it? Like I found that a bit, <laughs> bit kinky. I'm not, I'm not here to kink shame anybody. I know it's 2022, but you know, you can imagine him going into an establishment and just saying, "Make me suffer." You know, it's, <laughs> it's, yeah, I don't know what his proclivities are, but still, you know, it's. Um, but I love him, mate. I really. Uh, are you? <laughs> I've got this, this, this like vile fear that somehow somebody is going to, like, exploit. Because, you know, we've got him on this, like, loan with a view to buy, that there's going to be some loophole that somebody can just, like, you know, because surely surely a team like City or somebody are watching what he's done doing for Tottenham and thinking, we'll have a bit of that, you know? Yeah, I don't, I, from what I understand, it's not a view to buy. It's, it's, you have to buy. This is lock. This is lockdown. Can you know? You know, on Twitter now, when people give ITK, they get the little medal. What tier they're in? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which what? What are you? Are you bronze, silver, or gold, Rick? Because I, I want to know. I need to platinum, know. mate. You're Fuck platinum. Me, me <laughs> 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 Fucking platinum. Have that. That's it. You heard it here first. I'm gonna. I'm gonna tweet this out from the from the account like earnestly as well with a quote mark and tag you in it like. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I think. Uh, like a lot of the, uh, well, a fair few of the deals that that we've done recently have been uh, loans that uh, where where it's where you have to buy at the end of the loan, um, and I don't know why they've been conducted in that in that kind of manner. We we haven't normally done deals like that before, but maybe because of COVID, money's tight, this that and the other. There are different types of deals going about, like Delhi to Everton. 
that's a different type of deal. But um, I, I think the, 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 I think there is something that was it with Kudasevsky. I think it is that if you um, if we waited until the end of the season and then we bought him, it would be like thirty five million. But if we activate it earlier, then we get him for twenty five million. There's some there, there is something around that that I've read as well. And we and we have activated it. Yeah, of course we have. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Straight away we're like, get him on the blower. <laughs> we're acti- activating it. <laughs> Whereas like Juve got their lawyers in being like, uh, actually the activation window, if you look at it, you know, and whatever, who knows. Um, we're, uh, we also are blessed at the moment, Ricky, because we sort of spoken about the impact that Son and Kane that Kulisevsky's had on Son and Kane's career. But, you know, every single Tottenham podcast does this once to death, right? But just... We're talking about Lloris winning nothing. Surely, surely even Tottenham Hotspur cannot have two of arguably the greatest players that the Premier League has ever seen Yeah, in our team at the same time with perfect chemistry like the pair of them together are whatever their individual sort of differences are like as a unit though those two are i don't know they're they're it's like kind of like what keen and berbatov were leading up to being before it all got dismantled by united and liverpool these two are just they're something else like they are absolutely unbelievable I mean Son now is he's suddenly come up out of nowhere he's on 17 Premier League goals this season he's chasing Salah for the golden boot and we've seen sort of we've seen Kane win it a few times it'd be lovely to see Son win that wouldn't it to like Uh, see him have it Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Yeah, that'd be fucking amazing, man. Um, I would, yeah, I'd love nothing more for, for him to like Pip Salah last day of the season type stuff, and he deserves it. And the thing is, as well, um, I'll be honest, like there was, uh, even though he has been scoring, uh, there has been, I found his performance a bit flaky. Like he's not really been in the game, but he scored, or that there has been previous to to the amazing run he's had that. He hasn't. He's been a bit anonymous in games, um, but at the moment the guy is he's unplayable, really. And the partnership that he's got with Kane, like you were saying about 
there's this thing in me that's kind of like you know Larice will stay for another two two years and, and we'll, we'll we eke everything he's got out of him and then you've got Son and Kane that will be these experienced lads like Conte was I think Conte was saying that you know our buying strategy is you know young hungry players that have got a sell on value but you also need the older type players who have the experience and knowledge and know-how to win titles and stuff now Son and Kane don't have the experience and knowledge how to win titles but they'll be you know they're Premier League hardened experienced players now and I think with people like Kane, Son, Lloris and I think with a sprinkle of some other experienced players to come in and some other young players that next season could really you know we'll see a different Tottenham next season because coming into this like Whenever Conte joined, he he was very much saying that he has to he loves the preseason because he can get his message across, how he likes to play and and build up the fitness levels and uh, players' physiques, their diets and stuff. And he's had to do that mid season, and now we're starting to see the kind of the fruits of his labour. Now, when we get into the summer, and the players do have a, a proper kind of uh, preseason with him. And he builds out their kind of um, the physique he wants them to have, and diets, and fitness, and uh, and you know hitting the ground running. And then we have the, a sprinkle of the players that he believes will take us to the next level. I think we're gonna win the title, mate. I think we're gonna win it. I, I mean, it's it's. I don't know. It's hard. We're we're definitely in a purple patch, right? This is so where I'm at at the moment. Because I don't want to, I don't want to burst the bloom. Because I'm, I'm very excited as well. You know, I haven't been the biggest fan of Antonio Conte. No, I know. To this point, um, um, <laughs> well, he is. Um, <laughs> uh, I sort of didn't see it working out, and I didn't see it. I definitely didn't see anything coming this quickly. And I, you know, it's it's definitely testament to him. Um, I think if we're going to say, because I've seen people say it of Pochettino, and it's it's probably not untrue. You know, a manager's only as good as the sum of his parts, right? And he he has some brilliant players as well. Conte does have some brilliant players. Um, and I think this is kind of what we all knew. And it's why it was annoying that it didn't really work out with Mourinho. Um, is that there was still a core of very good players at this at this club. And it's probably partly the reason why we've managed been able to lure the likes of Mourinho and Conte. Um, yeah. not, not to do Nuno a disservice, but um, to to come and manage this club because for for all the kind of big chat and everything, they know they know that number one in Harry Kane, they have let's 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 be brutally honest about this. I don't even think this is Tottenham tinted spectacles. You have one of the top five players in the world, like easily. You know, he is. I, I, I spend nearly every single week talking about him, so I'm not going to go on about it. But just he's at a level now that it just it it's almost surreal. Do you know what I mean? Like you you just you look at what he's he didn't even score in that game, but yet most of that game is about him. You know, because he's just he's something else. Like he's the, absolutely um, something else. The out of my favourite goals, the uh, like uh, when the ball comes out, it flicked over to Kane, and he has that little look to see where Sonny is. And he flicks that header on for for Son to run on and score. It's just like 
just even a pass with his head that you know that kind of that far away from goal knowing where son's going to be it's just the perfect ball with his head do you know what but, i mean well, this it, is I just like fucking hell man like it's madness this, isn't it it is he he like i i've no I, i'm not going to flinch when i say this but like harry kane is the best striker in the world at the moment i don't think there is um a better player that that than him at all I think like you know you sort of your Benzema would probably he's he's having a he's having a big sort of renaissance at the moment, but that's followed him falling off a cliff for however long. The the consistency and the continued progression of Harry Kane to get to where he is in let's be honest you know playing for Tottenham like who you know I don't and I don't really I don't sort of hold this up as a, in spite of playing for Tottenham because. Like we sort of said at the top there, we are a good team. We're a different proposition to what we were. But there is a still, I think there's a significant psychological factor there of the way in which other teams view Tottenham, the way they'll approach games against Tottenham. Will It is changing now, I do believe. But I think there's been a mountain to climb to, to kind of become what we are. Um and the fact we're almost sneaking into the top four is is indicative of that. And Harry Kane is a huge, huge part of that. It is undeniable. I loved, like, I adored Pochettino. You know I did. Like, Mourinho, whatever anybody thinks about him, you know, he's he's he was once upon a time a great manager and he obviously knows a thing or two. Conte is an absolutely, obviously fantastic manager. Um but you know the, the success of this club is at the moment or at least the the close to success of this club is is largely down to him and it really like just how obscene he is and it was it, it was on the which one the view from the lane podcast Danny Kelly was saying and this is what I really agreed with so I'm just going to steal his point is that the the thing that's strange about Harry Kane is you can see, you can look at other fantastic fantastic players you can look at players from anywhere else in the league and think okay this is what this player does and they're brilliant at it and that doesn't take away from that because they can be consistently brilliant at what they do Harry Kane seemingly seems to keep adding more and more to his game that just makes him better and better and better when you think you know who he is you think you know what type of a player he is he just like like you say like the little brush with his face as, a, as an assist is just is unbelievable and when you've got a player like because Son is streaking. I do agree with you on that. He is streaking. He can be frustrating, but when Son's at it, like when he's really at it, again, he's just he's one of the best players in the league himself. Yeah. You know, he's probably one of the best players in Europe. You know, he he could. And the reason the reason why I can quantify that is because I would say that Son, you could make an argument for him to play in any team. I reckon you could even Liverpool. Even people would say that, you know, oh, no, you, you, who's he going to go in front of Salah Mane or they've got Luis Diaz now? Son, to me, is in that bracket. He can he could make a case. You could play him in that team and it wouldn't impact how Liverpool play football. You could yeah, play exactly. him at Manchester City. You could you could play him at Bayern Munich. You could play him at Bar- well, you could definitely play him at Barcelona. They're shite nowadays. But you yeah. could play him at Real Madrid anywhere. Um, and that's... <laughs> You know, that's the sort of we're sort of splitting hairs when we're saying like, you know, oh, he'll have a patch of five, six games where he's not completely exceptional because the two of them are just unbelievable. Um, 
And like you say, I mean, I, I don't want to pop that bubble of optimism because I'm starting to get excited. I'm starting to think, you know, this title race between City and Liverpool now is is going to the wire. And it feels like, it feels to me like a big season for these two, for the pair of them. It's not just one of those, you know, like last year, Liverpool were a bit off it. City just kind of walked into the league and it yeah. wasn't it wasn't really exciting for anybody. Nobody really gave a shit about what was going on last year. Um, Chelsea sort of just, whatever, they just won the Champions League. Just because it or was that the year before. Who won the Champions League last year? It was Chelsea last year. Yeah, it was Chelsea. Yeah. Chelsea won it and even that didn't feel that big. The whole, I don't know, the sort of energy around football last year just didn't feel particularly special but there's something maybe it's because we're going into a world cup year maybe it's because properly fans are back in stadiums now and it's all sort of building up again there's a certain spark and there's a certain excitement about this season um and it feels like it's a big kind of it's going to not just take it a, a physical exert it's like it's not going to take it out of these two teams physically it's emotional as well because they're fighting on all fronts they've got the FA Cup coming up no doubt they'll meet in the Champions League at some point this title race is going to go to the wire and what I'm just hoping is that for all the sort of glory these two are tasting this year next year is the year that because I think barring if you look at you look at Chelsea right look at barring their kind of their halcyon days in their eyes of you know, Drogba, Lampard, Terry, Carvalho, Petacek, those kind of teams, the sort of the big, horrible, stinky Chelsea teams that were <laughs> unbelievable. They've won the league various points since then, um, notably against us in 16-17. But Chelsea, they're never that team that like, they'd never really capture the hearts and minds of people. They're never that kind of, exciting they're just a team that seems to pounce when everybody else is kind of having a bit of an off year and I'm just hoping that like I say with City and Liverpool doing what they're doing with Chelsea I don't know a bit up in the air with whatever's happening with Abramovich with I don't know the fact that Chelsea is such a yo-yo team anyway I think there's that there's that little thing there because I do I still think like I said like I'm saying you know Keep saying I don't want to pop the bubble because I do. I do. What, what do you mean that there, there's that little thing there? Are you, are you talking about a, a little crack that Tottenham are, are trying to kind of the, the, squeeze through? That just maybe that we can exploit two teams that are knackered, that are just a bit spent, that maybe it's going to be hard for them to go again. That Tottenham, that we might just have the right momentum. We might just be having. Yep. Pete Kane ahead of a World Cup that wants to win something. Peak Sonny. We've got Kulisevsky, who just seems to be unbelievable. We've got Pentanker, who I think is very good. I think he's a very good, very solid player um, who has just kind of brought our midfield to life again. Um, I think our defence, I think Eric Dyer has been a man reborn this year. I really think he has. I mean, I think we can say whatever we want about, well, we need to upgrade... I, I'm getting to the point where I don't even know if we do need to if he carries on playing the way he is. Christian Romero, just what can we say about the man? He's unbelievable. Ben Davies, I mean, if there's anybody that needs probably upgrading, it's him, but the fella's still playing unbelievably at the moment. He he's is, been he, brilliant. He, he's you know? been, he has been brilliant, but I, I think if you, if you match uh, someone 
um, like a Romero onto like the left side of the centre backs, then you you talk, that's where that's where the difference is really. And then and I think with uh, with our wing backs as well. I mean, who I don't know what we're gonna do. I think there might be a huge change um, with our wing backs. But like to go back to your point about, um, I know this is this is all very much uh, romanticizing and riding it on those good vibes at the moment, and um, it's all you can do as a football fan that you know the the hopes that that you have. But at the moment, it feels good at Tottenham. And like I was saying previously about getting a full pre-season, uh, players that Conte wants and that he's happy and that we are in, that we do qualify for the Champions League and there's a real good vibe around the club. But, you know, Klopp's going to be uh, been at Liverpool for how long? Same with Pep and City. Can they do it again? Can they consistently and and do you know are their priorities going to be for the league and and are any of them going to move on? Any of their players going to move on? Like you said with Chelsea, there is a lot of um, instability there. What's going to happen with Roman Abramovich? What's going to happen with um, renewal of contracts, attracting players, uh, stadium development, all that kind of stuff? Are Chelsea going to be as an attractive club? as they once were because you knew you could go into the club and request anything and you would probably get it. United, if they get Ten Hag, he's going to need a, a season to acclimatise, to get his ideas across, the players he wants in, all that type of stuff. And, you know, the same the same with Arsenal as well. And whoever else might be um, sniffing round top four positions and, and for the league... So I think there is a, I, I think there is there is space for um, for someone to to step in there really, and I really do feel like Tottenham can be that team to uh, to challenge next season. Well, I mean, before we start, you know, let's let's be honest. The wolf says in Pulp Fiction, before we start sucking each other's cocks. Um, how no, f- let's, let's, that's the best bit. That's the best bit when we that's, get to suck each other's cards. That's the dessert. We've, we've, <laughs> we've, we've had the crap start of the main course and now <laughs> we're onto a big juicy dessert. Uh, how are we feeling about top four this year? I've, uh, because it's seeing Arsenal, you sort of touched on it at the top end there, seeing Arsenal sort of crumble and them doing, well, well, but... But uh, but Thomas Party's injured, so uh, of course we can't be expected to beat teams anymore. Because well, that's what because that's a fucking excuse that your squad's that shallow that one player going out means it. Like I I, I don't understand. They're a club that seem to be like perennially like seeking sympathy for their own poor decisions. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, they're sort yeah. of there's there's always a reason why they're not achieving something. I mean. You know, we've had fucking seasons when Kane's been out for half a year. Romero was out for half this season. Like, it's what happens. Players get injured in football. You can't... And I get that it's a factor, but it's just this idea that somehow, oh, well, they would have had it were it not for Partey because, I mean, they might still do it. That's the thing. I'm I'm not counting my chickens yet. I'm still a bit worried. This is Tottenham Hotspur. You know, we've still got the ability to, to fuck this, but... It, it is looking good, right? I mean, and it, we have no right to be here. 
Like, uh, when we lost to Manchester United, I believe we were, what, seven, eight points off, off pace now or yeah. for, for the top four. And now we're, I think we're four or five points ahead of United again. It's insane, you know? Like, yeah, I, I mean, like what you just said about um, getting too excited and talking about... Uh, title challenges next like long term I, I'm really comfortable where where we are at the moment and especially with um if Conte is there next season I, I think it's it is gonna be a, a great season. But short term looking at the 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 uh top four the, the fourth place race um it was looking a bit glum a couple of weeks ago and now obviously it's looking a, a hell of a lot better. And yeah you're right it is Tottenham and it could you know, we could crumble on the last day of the season and we could fuck it all up and uh, this podcast would be a right laugh clipping up what I've just said. But <laughs> um, it's when you feel good and like you said during this podcast, when when you just enjoy these moments, like you can't like in life, you can't. You can't just wait until until the big bang because uh, until you get to that right, we've qualified for top four. Now we can celebrate because all the all the bits in between, they're they're worth you know getting up and cheering for as well. And this bit where it kind of feels like Arsenal are feeling the pressure, they have some injuries, and we are in ascendancy. Then why not? I'm not saying like let's fucking go after them, but it it just feels good at the moment. And our next game is at home against Brighton, and I'm hopeful that we'll win that. And they've got, I think they've got Southampton away, maybe. Um, and we have got some big games coming up too. You know, we got to go to Liverpool, um, and they've got to they've got they've got to come to our gaff. They've got to go to Chelsea. They've got to go to West Ham. Um, they got to play United at home as well. That's a few whiffy fixtures, isn't it? Oh, mate, they're fucking absolute banana skins all over the gaff, <laughs> there, man. Like there is, like they potentially they could lose all four of those games, but it could be one of those uh, things where you know Chelsea have you know formidable at home. Really, uh, I know they lost to to Brentford recently, um, a, a slip up, but. It could be one of those things where they're game in hand and Arsenal have to go to Chelsea and they beat fucking Chelsea, knowing our luck. But do you know what? I am I'm comfortable and like you know when people say, Oh, it's it's in your destiny, I'm quite I'm quite confident that the way that we're playing at the moment and the way we're conducting ourselves, that if it if it does get to a situation where it is in our own hands, then I think we will probably take it. Do you know? I mean, there's obviously there's every temptation that you kind of in a in a in a in a silly way really, you you quite likely to be neck and neck in a way going into the North London derby just to savor the atmosphere. If we beat them on that day and that was the one that sealed it, it would be delicious. But there'd be also something absolutely glorious to not really have any pressure on that North London derby to be able to sort of... I mean, you're, you're going to have pressure anyway because it's a derby, right? And you you never want to lose that fixture. But being able to gloat from the off, like yeah. being able to start singing, oh, what a night. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that yeah, sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> just just at them in their in their little disgusting faces. What, and they're sat would, there what, in the corner. What would you prefer? What would be your preference? 
to have already done it so that you can Ooh. already gloat or that you let's say for argument's sake that night we secure it so it could be that we're already ahead of points or something like that and by that win mathematically puts it out of their reach I'm so I was thinking about this the other day. I'm somebody right I realized that I think one of the things that I get from football really is and it's probably being a, a Tottenham fan maybe growing up in the era of Tottenham when I did that I get the most satisfaction when there's still a lot of peril there do you know what I mean because I was thinking about I was thinking about think about Ajax right think about getting to the Champions League final in the circumstances in which we did right how we just kind of turned it around and scored obviously Lucas Moore at the death and there was that huge emotional kind of explosion and it was unbelievable. The high of that was something else. And I just kind of think that, like, you're, you're never going to be, like, you're not going to be annoyed about, <laughs> obviously, getting to a Champions League final. But imagine if we just showed up and won 2-0. If we just won, like, if we scored one in the 21st minute and one in the 52nd minute, and that was it, 2-0, and Tottenham were going to Champions League final. It'd be great. It'd be exciting. But that the explosion, that, like, punch of emotion... That's yeah. what I'm kind of chasing. It's chasing that. And there's that part of me that's just like, you know, if Spurs are to win the Premier League, like, how would how would you want to win it? Do you want to win it like City did last year when you're 10 points clear with fucking five games to go and you've already got it? Or do you want to win it like the Aguero time? You know? Oh, do you know what I mean? It's, it's just like... Aguero, yeah. Yeah. Imagine that. Last day, imagine that. Next year. Next year. If Like we're talking about, we're neck and neck with Arsenal. Imagine that. Neck and neck with Arsenal on the final day of the season. Because that's what it was for City, that Aguero yeah. City and United. Neck and neck. Final day of the season. It's Tottenham Arsenal. Imagine that. It's, we're, we're fucking playing whoever we're playing, knowing as we're playing... I don't know, Watford at home. Well, we won't play, be playing Watford at home. Fulham at home. We're playing Fulham at home and it's one all. And we know that Arsenal are winning down the road. Like they're, they're winning away at fucking wherever. And Tottenham have to win this. In the fucking like 94th minute. It's Harry Kane! Do you know what I mean? Like hammering it in. That feeling. That's like, that's fucking, that's the only thing it's going to get us. Because we're chasing that high now. That's it. We've had Ajax. What's the next thing? It's not just winning. It's not going to be winning an FA Cup or something. Great as that would be. But do you know what I mean? You're still going to be like, that is awesome. But, you know, we're well, Nyax. Yeah, you know I mean? and it's what we need. We need yeah, that. Yeah. But on a, on a smaller level than that, this 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 season, the, the thought of like, because it will be a bit of a cup final. It, and both teams are, are sufficiently tin-pot where we can't really take the piss out of one another for saying that. If we're both kind of vying for fourth place and we go into that game where it's all on the line it's a bit of a cup final and I know Tottenham historically don't do well in cup finals so I should be careful what I wish for but the the, dev, the devil in me Ricky it can't help but <laughs> you can't help but want to just that little I just I want it mate I want it and yeah, it'll I... be imagine imagine getting loaded up on fucking beers at an evening kickoff under the lights at White Hart Lane massive game against Arsenal fucking you want that you want there to be something really riding on that right like yeah yeah also also it's worth mentioning as well because <laughs> we do still keep forgetting they're filming all or nothing this year 
as well. So imagine the narrative the producers would be building up around that to be able to watch it back afterwards, knowing that Tottenham beat them in that game. Seeing them all slumped down on the turf. Seeing Arteta with his weird little angry face looking around everywhere, (laughs) looking for someone to blame. Looking for someone to blame for his own futile existence. I would, yeah, I would definitely want it so that if we win, it's mathematically impossible for them to to take fourth. Um, Rather than we've already got fourth and we're just gloating in front of them because like you were saying it's that it's those um it's those moments that you live for um and it's that the unexpected parts of football that's where something can just turn on its head i remember a game i can't remember what the actual final score was uh but it was in one of those is in one of the years where we weren't quite uh, we, we'd give Arsenal, we'd give Arsenal a game, but I think they were probably still a better team than us then. Um, and Bale and Lennon scored at White Hart Lane, and I think maybe did we, I think maybe one two 0 I can't remember, but they scored in such quick succession. And um, whilst I think it was who was it who scored first? Maybe I think it was Bale that scored first. And is that when he did his weird motorbike celebration? Oh, I can't. <laughs> Brent off to like revving a motorbike handle, <laughs> and then there was another. That, and then uh, straight after there was a chance, and Lennon, I think he rounded the keeper Chesney, and then and then slotted it in, and we were still the Spurs fans were still celebrating and buzzing that first goal, and then that second goal went in, and you know when that when that goes in, you kind of know the game's gone then, and yeah, to, it's. Even though it's not Ajax, it's those type of moments that you that you kind of live for, really. And we could get that. We could get that for that Arsenal game. Oh, I want it, Rick. I want it, mate. I want it. Or it could go all disastrously wrong, and we could end up fucking pulling our seats out and tearing the new Water Lane Stadium down. Could you imagine, like, if fucking <laughs> if they? Oh, no, I don't. I'm not doing it. I'm not ending it. I'm not ending it on that <laughs> note. We're doing it on a good one. We're fucking... We're having top four this year. We're going to sign some good players. and We're going to sign a couple more decent players in the summer that are going to be the final pieces of the jigsaw. We're going to go for the league, Rick. We're going to go for the league. Yeah, I believe. I and believe. And we're going to make a good fist of the Champions League as well. Totally. I'm excited to hear the music. <laughs> music again, you know. I love it. Um... Well, I think we've come to a, a, a natural, natural end point there, Ricky. But it's been it's been lovely having you back on, mate. No, it's always a it's always a pleasure to hear your voice. I've, I've got to say, I always do a little fucking fist pump when I hear that you're on on fighting cock. I still love it. So, oh, you know, thank you, mate. That mate, is um, that's very kind of you to say. Even if you're just saying it, no, uh, I, I will take that to my heart. And um, it's been nice to be invited back on. And I I I do. Um, genuinely love rule the roost and you know that because i've told you many a time um so it's nice to be on you have to i do i, w- I won't name any names i do like it when we when i have certain guests on though and you're just you'll just send me the Mourinho pulling off the earphones <laughs> rule the roost this week earphones being pulled off and i'll let everyone else speculate as to who that might be about it's such 
<laughs> maybe I'll edit that out. Um, maybe I won't. Shall we no, leave? Leave it. Uh, leave fine. it. Fucking have it. Fucking have it, being a little extra can be a bit much but when it comes to healthcare it pays to be extra and united healthcare makes it easy with health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company they supplement your primary plan helping you manage out of pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods so when it comes to covering your medical bills you can feel good about being a little extra visit uh1.com to find the health protector guard plan for you